progress. Okay, so we're up to Daf Memtes Ahmed Bey's. We're two lines from the bottom. Today is a very, very enjoyable Gemara. A lot of very famous Agadites are into today's Daf. So the Gemara says, the Gemara yesterday said that Rav Yehuda was very poor, that he didn't have a coat of his own. He and his wife would share a coat. She would go out and then come back, and he would go out. That's what their matzav was. So the Gemara says, Zimna Chada one time, Gazer of Shimmegamliel Tanisa. One time that they, there was a certain situation going in Klal Yisrael, either lack of rain or whatever it was, and Shimmegamliel made a tainus that he wanted to get everybody together to daven in order to end this uh, this situation. But Rav Yehuda Loyasa Lebei Tanisa, Rav Yehuda didn't join the base medrash that day. He didn't join the base medrash to daven with everyone else. So the Gemara says, So when he was asked about this, why is Rav Yehuda not joining? So so they told her Shingam Leel, he doesn't have a coat. Uh, so it's uh, according to some of Farshim, this is when his wife was out, meaning his wife was out, he didn't have a coat, or or he didn't have a, a coat that he didn't feel comfortable wearing the same coat as his wife publicly, uh, or this is before his wife made a coat, but the kids, he didn't have a coat to go, so he couldn't go because he was embarrassed. So the Gemara says, Shadale Glima, so Shimon Leel sent him a coat, he wanted to give him a gift, he sent him a coat. Vloy Kibbel, but he refused to accept it. If you go to the beginning of Daf Nun Ralph, Rav Yudha did not want to accept gifts. He wanted to, whatever he got, he got on his own. So he refused to give the, to accept the gift. Now, he wanted to explain to the messenger with the coat that he has money. I mean, he didn't. He, had, he couldn't afford a coat. But, but he didn't want the guy to think that he has no money. So, Dolet Sifta. So, I'm sorry. The, uh, um, he picked up the, his mat that he was sitting on and under it was filled with coins. A miracle happened that it was filled with coins. So he told the messenger with the coat, You see how much I have. I just don't want to benefit from this world. Obviously it was, it was Hashem made a miracle for him to not be embarrassed, but he didn't want a gift, and he, he said, look, I have a lot of money. He lifted up the mat, and it was filled with coins. So the Gemara says like this, this is one of the most famous Gemaras in all of Shas, and that is it talks about the history of Rav Akiva. Um, it's very interesting. You, you might don't find this by any other Tana. This type of, uh, there's a very famous uh, a letter from Rav Cook. It's Kedaita Reed. It's his introduction to Shir Shirim. It's online. And he talks about the great love that Rav Akiva had for, for everyone, for Hashem, for Klal Yisrael. And he says that you don't find these terminologies of like, like intimate, like romantic conversations between him and his wife. And it's a very sweet thing. You don't find it by any other town other than Rav Akiva. So he says, only a, a man who loved Hashem and loved Klai so that much is capable of that much Ahava. He's able to say that Shir Shirim is Kaidish Kedashim. So the Gemara says like this Rav Akiva Skadishisle Barte de Bar We know that Rav Akiva married the daughter of Kalvasavu. This is a Sugya in Ksubis. So the Gemara says, Shama Kalva. So when Kalva Sabu heard about this, he was not happy with Rav Akiva being the son-in-law because Rav Akiva was not learned at the time. So he cut his daughter off from her uh, from her share in the wealth. So Ozlov and Sibale Bisisuas they got married privately without people knowing. To have a Ganabe Tivna, they would sleep on, on straw. They couldn't afford a mattress. So they slept on straw. And have a Kamankile Tivna Mimazie. This is the, like the good one. Every morning. Rav Akiva would pluck straw out of his new wife's hair. And mm-hmm. he said, if I could afford it, I would give you a Yerushalayim of gold. Yerushalayim of gold was this tiara that the very wealthy aristocrats would have. It was a golden Yerushalayim. It had the skyline of Yerushalayim. 
the Gemara, by the way, in Shabbos talks about how Rav Akiva eventually did give his wife that. So it's like very like sweet. He's taking shra. He said, you know, one day we'll have we'll have this tiara. So the Gemara says an interesting thing to end off the story. That time, Elio and Navi once appeared like a person. He knocks on the door. Please give me some straw because my wife just gave birth and there's nothing to put. She needs, we need something to lay down for the baby. So, so that was, that was Elio and Navi's way of trying to comfort Rabbi Kiva by saying there are people that have worse than you. Like they, you know, that while you only have straw, there are people that don't have straw. So the Gemara says, Rav Akiva, uh, 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 you know, he was mechavin to that Musar Haskel. I'm the Rav Akiva entesis. Rav Akiva said to his wife, Chazi gavr da'afil tivna le'isla. So he says, um, you know, you see that there are people that don't even have straw, so that you know, should be happy with what we have in life. So the Gemara says like this. This is probably the most famous, um, uh, famous Gemara. So the Gemara says uh, of this daf. The Gemara talks about. The Gemara says that Amrulei Zil Havili Beirav. So she said. So he said to his wife, Rabbi Kiva said, "I want to go to Yeshiva." So Azul Tarti Sari Shnin Kamidir of Lozav Rabbi Yeshua. So he learned twelve years in Yeshiva by Rabbi Lozav Rabbi Yeshua. Lemishon Tarti Sari Shnin. At the end of the twelve years, Kaas Lebeisi, he was coming home with Shamam and Achir Lebeisi. He was coming home, I guess, with all his students at the time, and he hears. Uh, from behind the house, the commonly Chad Rashul Dibisu, that his wife is having a conversation with a neighbor that's not a good neighbor, a Russia. And he says, the Russia said to Ravikiva's wife, Rachel, Shaper Ovid Le'avuch, your father was right to cut you off. Because, Chad, meaning your husband was not appropriate for you. Why? Chad first of all, you're more chasher than he is, because he's not learned and he doesn't come from Yichos, so you're more chasher. And also, he made you a living widow for 12 years. Like, for 12 years, he's left you alone. He's not learned it anyway, and he went to Yeshiva for 12 years. So, your, your, your father was right. So the Kamara says, Amrle, she said to him, If he would listen to me, I would have him learn another 12 years. So Amr, so when Rav Akiva heard this, he says, oh, I have permission to go back. He went back. Um, for another 12 years, the famous Rechaim Shmulevitz that every Yeshiva Bachar has heard, 12 and 12 is not 24. That's because Rav Akiva didn't go home and he didn't say hello. So why not? Says Rechaim Shmulevitz. Because 12 and 12 and interrupted learning is not the same as uninterrupted learning. Okay. Why, is it, why is it considered interrupted if you would have went in the house or I, 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 the train right home? I also, I, like, also the shot, I, I think I was talking to Tani about this one. It's like, it's a chiddush. He has all his Talmidim with him, right? He had 24,000 at the end. They're all sneaking up. I, I don't know. <laughs> I got thousands of people. I, I whatever. I guess I, 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 maybe it means that he went home for a minute, but he didn't stay for a couple weeks. Maybe that's what it means. But that was a famous. It's a famous Yichusmosa that every year. So he goes back. He stays another twelve years. So it's a total of twenty-four years. So he comes back with twenty-four thousand pairs of students. Twenty-four thousand students. Uh, you see, this this Gemara is twenty four thousand pairs. The Gemara in Ksubis said twenty four thousand students. Lagamris, this is forty eight thousand. Okay, fine. Um, I'm, I'm assuming these are the twenty four thousand that died. That was always the, the assumption. But Samach Gimel, Samach Gimel, maybe. Nafik no, it is. So everyone went out to greet Rav Akiva. His wife also went out to greet her. 
Amalehurisha, so that same wicked person said to his wife, Atlaheha, where are you going? Because her clothes were tattered because she had no one to support her for 24 years, so she didn't look very presentable. So Amrle, she said the post, Sadik knows the soul of his behavior, meaning my husband knows me. I, I don't have to dress up for him, but we, we know each other. Now, she wanted to go see Rivakiva and Kamitchale Rabbanon, and she was being pushed. I don't think she was being pushed because they knew who she was. It was just not. You try to go near a Rebbe, it's, you get like lifted off the ground. So Rebbe Kiva's wife is trying to get close to Rebbe Kiva, but he's a big Gadol is coming in and she's being pushed away. So Rebbe Kiva said to them, Hanichula, let her come. Sheli v'shalachem shalah, who is a very famous line, that mine and yours is hers, meaning all of our learning is in her schos. So Shama Kalva Savua, so when Kalva Savua hears this, the Gemarim Ksubah fills in the story. He went to go be Matinadarim and he went to Ravikiva to be Matinadarim, not knowing that Ravikiva was his son in law. Ravikiva said, Would you have cut out your daughter from the inheritance if you knew that uh, your son would be a learned person? He said, No. So he was Matinadarim, Asavich al Nidre. Yishtari Yishtari and Ravikiva permitted to benefit from the estate, and that's how Ravikiva got some of his wealth. So now the Gemara says like this Minshis Mili Yata Ravikiva. Ravikiva had six sources of income throughout his life. There were six wealthy uh, sources of wealth that Rav Akiva had throughout Shas. One is Min Kalvasava, one is from his father-in-law, as we just got finished saying, that he was Matan Adarim, so his father-in-law was able to give him wealth. The second one is Min Ayla Desvina, is from the head of the ship. The, the bows, but the, the front of the ship that goes, that goes into the waves, they used to fill it with gold. I think it was, not superstitious, but it was, first of all, they had gold with them, they were travel, but also I think they used to felt that it was like a good sign that if the area that pierces the water is filled with gold, gold was strong, is strength, and all these things. So, what's the story of how he got money from that? They would always, they would always put the gold in the front of the ships. Once, uh, the, the, I guess the sailors got lost in the sea, and uh, the boats, the boat washed up, he found it, and that's how he got his money. By the way, the Shita Mikabezas fills in the story that the Shita says that he offered to return it because it's Rav Akiva, he's not the type. He, but, and the, the sailors were so impressed with his honesty, they said, You can keep it. Okay. That's the second source of income from Rav Akiva. The third is Mingavzna, it was from a treasure chest. It's interesting. I'm actually, the way I've learned this Gemara, at least this is my understanding of it. The Gemara says, Zimnachada Yohiv Arbazuzalisfunye. Rav Akiva once gave four Zuz to sailors. And Amrli Aisli Midam, he says, bring me something. This was like, um, uh, it, it was like uh, an investing. You give him four, four zuz, and you say, listen, uh, find me something exotic, find me something valuable. Now, it's a risk because they could find something, you can find us. You'll see in these Gemaras, there's two things that they found which are not your classic wealth. So the Gemara says, they found an empty chest. They mamish looked all around, they, they took the money for the investing, and there was nothing. So they found an empty piece of wood that was an empty chest. Okay. Aisile, they bring it to Rav Akiva. Amrle, they said, You can use it at least, and it's not very valuable, but it's all we got. So, when Rav Akiva opened up the walls of the chest, it was filled with gold. So that was the third source of income from Rav Akiva. And what, how did the gold get there? Because one time there was a ship belonging to traders, Arabian traders, that was filled that, that had this chest, and they put it in the inside, I guess, to hide it, you know, from customs, whatever. And they would put all the money in the, in the walls of the chest. And when the boat ship, uh, the boat sank, they found the chest. 
Okay, that was the third source of income from Rabbi Akiva. The fourth, Min Matranisa, this is from a uh, noble woman. Now, if you look at the Ran, what's the story? So the Ran just says, I'll read the, the Ran very quickly because the Gemara doesn't say what the story is. The Ran says it's the bottom, I'm, bottom Rashi, I'm sorry, the bottom Rashi on the right side. Uh, there was one time where Rav Akiva needed money for his yeshiva. Shigrus Rav Akiva to Matranisa, so Rav Akiva went to a certain noble woman. He borrowed a lot of money for his yeshiva. And when she gave it to him, So she said, who's the guarantor? So the, the, the Matranisa said, not yet. The Matranisa said, who's the, who's the guarantor? So um, to, 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 to return the money. So Amr um, Tirza. So Rav Akiva said, whoever you want. So Amr she said, she lived by the sea. She she had a beachfront property. She said, "May Hashem and the sea be my guarantor." Okay, so Rav Akiva signed it. So Rashi continues, "Kishagiyazman chalor Rav Akiva." When the time came to pay, Rav Akiva was ill. Vleyachal havi mamin, so he couldn't bring the money. So Yatzasay matronisa svasayam. So the matronisa came to the sea and Amra Rabbeinu Shalolam, and she said, "Master of the world, Galiv Yedul Fenecha ki lechol ayam hazeh meisim moisi." I I made you guarantor for Rav Akiva. So at that moment, Hashem made the Caesar's daughter have a uh, bipolar, uh, some sort of schizophrenic episode. She took gold and threw it into the water, and it washed up. So when Rav I'll just say the rest of it, I'll say it outside. So when Rav showed up uh, to pay, because when he got better, he wanted to pay back, she said, don't worry, your guarantor has already paid back. And she said, not only could you keep the money, the excess money that she got from the water that washed up, she said, you can keep. That was the fourth source of income that Rav Akiva got. Okay, the fifth one, Ishtashol Turnus Rufus, the wife of Turnus Rufus. This is a sugiyan of Adizara, that Rav Akiva eventually married Turnus Rufus' wife. And uh, uh, there's a whole nice, there's a pashtus, whatever, Apikabola Rav Akiva. Uh, Rav Akiva was a Gilgal of Zimri ben Salu, who was the Nasi of Shevet, uh, of Shimon, uh, who lived with Cosby. And, um, um, and it obviously wasn't a permissible union at the time, and that's why his students passed away, 24,000. It's the same amount of people that died in the Magefa. But this time he had to marry her beheter. So uh, Arizal said, so this, there's a sugi in the that Turnus Rufus um, used to have debates. He eventually was the... The the general that uh, was the, the the prime minister whatever whatever the head of the community that signed off to destroy the base of English, but but um, to destroy Beitar. So Turnus Rufus was the one who uh, he used to have debates with Rav Akiva. So um, no, not not destroy Beitar. He was the one who executed Rav Akiva. He was the one who, who was. It, it, it signed off the decree to kill Rav Akiva. But before that, he used to have debates with Rav Akiva. His wife saw that he was getting upset, and he said, "There's this Rav. I keep on, I keep on debating." So he sent her to to, to argue with her, argue with Rav, to, to 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 entice Rav Akiva to do an avera because she knew that that would be the downfall of the Jewish people. It's nus. So she went, and Rav Akiva, the Gemara says in Avodah he spat, he laughed, and he cried. So. He told her, so she said, why are you spitting? So he said, I spat because you come, well, you're an attractive woman, you come from Tipa uh, Srucha. Uh, so it's disgusting, so I spat. He said, I cried because your beauty will eventually be in the ground. The laugh, he didn't say why, but Rashi says, because um, he knew with Rucha Kedish that he's supposed to marry her, he just didn't want to say that. Eventually, she left her in Rufus, married her Vakiva, 
and brought all that wealth to Rebbe Kiva. Okay, so all nice. Fine. That's the fifth one. And the last one is Katir Bashal, and Katir Bashal is also Sugin over the Zara. Basically, the kids are very kids There was a, uh, a during the, the, the Roman officer, whatever Caesar, whatever he was, that. Um, they had this uh, anti-Semitic debate and they wanted to get rid of the Jewish people because this person got up and he said, what happens when there's a cancer in the leg? You don't let it spread to the body, you cut it off. So he said, you cut it off. So he says, okay, we have a Jewish cancer, Jewish problem, you got to cut it off. So Katir Bar Shalom was a, um, was a member of the parliament at the time and he started to defend the, the, the Jewish people. The Gemara continues. What was this? So they bring it down to the bottom of here. I just said, yeah, yeah, he said it's not going to be possible, fine. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. This is. Um, see, he said it's not going to be possible. You're not going to be able to show the. And he convinced him. The Caesar said, "Fine, it's a good taina, but you argue with the Caesar, you have to get the death penalty." So, he uh, he 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 was going to be executed, and on the way, um, Elio Anavi appeared before him as a, as a noble woman and said, "Isn't it sad, basically, that you're going to be killed for the Jewish people without a brismila?" So he took a knife, he cut off the brismila, that was Katia Rashalm, and, and part of his will, his last will and testament was to give his money to Rebbe Kiva. Okay, fine. So that was the last form of money that Rebbe Kiva got. So the Gemara continues. Uh, one more um, investing. We said before that they would invest, they would give money to sailors and say basically, like, see what you can find. It's a risk, because they find nothing, or they find a lot of amazing stuff. So the Gemara says, Rav Gamda Yav Arba Zuz Lisfunye. Rav Gamda gave four Zuz to sailors. Again, to get something for them. They found nothing. They found a monkey. So they bought him a monkey. That, that was what they bought. I'm thinking Yeah, exactly. It's, it's as useful. So they bought him a monkey. So, Ishtamit, I can't imagine Rav Gamda needed a monkey, but. The, Okay, he got a monkey. The monkey ran away. And they chased after the monkey. al had entered into a pit. Chafu when they dug after the monkey to get to him, they found him sitting on pearls. And Aisle Kula and the sailors brought it to Rav Gamda. And that's how Rav Gamda got his money from the... Yeah, the Gemara says that sailors were one of the most honest professions. Okay, now this next Gemara is a sugya in Tainus. Where is it? It's a Sugin Tainus. Davzayin, I think. Davzayin, yeah. It's a Sugin Tainus. a very famous Gemara. I'll run through it very quickly. It's a, it's a cute Gemara. Amrli Bas Kesar of Mechanania, the daughter of the Caesar, sent her of Yeshua Mechanania, Tairim Mufare Bechli Mechur. How could such beautiful Tairim be in such an ugly vessel? Because Rav Yeshua Mechanania was not, uh, I guess, outwardly very attractive. So Amrli, so he said to her, Lamdi Mebeisavicha, well, learn from your father's house. Where do you put yain in? Where do you put wine in? Amrle, b'mani gechavra, earthenware uh, jugs. So Amrle, he says, kuli alman befachta v'atum b'mani defachta. Everyone is keeping it earthenware. You're also keeping it earthenware. Meaning, if you if isn't wine very expensive, so shouldn't you put wine in gold? Ah, so aton nechisen b'mani dekisadava. You should put your wine in gold and silver jugs. So Azul Ramachab she did that. But what happens when you put wine in gold and silver? So we've had this in the, we don't I don't put in gold and silver, but we left our wine by the boiler. If you leave your wine by the boiler for many years, it goes it goes sour. So so the Gemara says, Visari, the wine and the gold and silver vessels cause the wine to spoil. So so that was his, his message, that the, the vessel, the Adarava, the, the sometimes it's kept in, 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 in cheaper vessels. That's where you have the best, uh, the best gifts. So Amr Allah, so Yeshua Hanani said to the Caesar, his daughter, Afer So now you see that's the Indian of Torah. You also keep in earthenware vessels, not in gold and silver. 
Okay, so there's a whole more to the story, but there's a, she said, but aren't there Tamidi Chum that are attractive? So he says, you have a Sanitvei, you have a Garistvei. If they were uglier, they would learn more. If they were uglier, they would learn more. That's my problem. So the Gemara says, Ahida Isa Kameder of Yehuda, Menarda, there was a person that came in front of Rav Yehuda, Menarda, Ladina, for a court case, Vizchayv Beidina, and she, uh, this is just like because we mentioned some rabbanim that were not physically attractive. We're just gonna end, we're gonna add this ma'isa. Um, so she was found guilty in court by Rav Yehuda. So Amrlei, she was uh, she said to Rav Yehuda, Shmuel Rabba Chachidanin, which Shmuel your Rebbe. Rav Yehuda was a Talmud of Shmuel, right? He always, Shmuel used to say to Yehuda, Shmuel used to say to Rav Yehuda Shinana, right? Sharp one. So Shinana also from this sugi, you're gonna see why they were called Shinana. Um, so she said to Rav Yehuda. Uh, would your Rebbe Shmuel also find me guilty? So Amrla, he said, Yadatale, you know my Rebbe Shmuel. So Amrla, and she said, Yeah, Gutsa, Viraba Krise, Ukem, Viraba Shine. He was short and fat and he had long teeth. I remember him. So even though she was describing him probably accurately, but the Gemara says, Amrla, Levizui causes. You're coming to disrespect my Rebbe. Tava, he is Sabashamta. You should be excommunicated. Paku Mesa. Um, oh, so the Gemara says so. Uh, she, I guess, Paco Mesa means that the Neshama left her and she died. Okay, okay. she died in excommunication. Okay, now the last, this last, uh, we'll do two more sugiyas. One is a uh, Metziyistic Rafua stuff, and then one is cute about Bar Kapara. So the Gemara says like this um, We said in the Mishnah that if you say you're not going to eat a Tavshul, it's only asering food that's cooked, that's like runny food that's eaten with bread. But thicker food is not considered a tavshal. So the Mishnah said, what's an example of thicker food? It's called a bea termita, or termita egg. So a termita egg was like a, like a hard-boiled egg. So the question is, what is a bea termita, and why would they eat it? So the Gemara says, my bea termita, what is a termita egg? So it's actually a very interesting. I'll tell you outside, then we'll see it inside. A bea termita was a hard-boiled egg, it was like a hard, a boiled, 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 but to the point where it's mamish, like a hockey puck. They would eat it, it would go through the entire body, and then when they would go to the bathroom, the doctors would examine it, and apparently if there were problems in the digestive tract, it would be on the egg. So that was the, it was like a medicinal diagnostic tool, which is interesting. The Gemara says, Amr Shmuel, or Termita egg, is like this, Avda Shave Dinari, a slave that can prepare properly uh, is worth a thousand dinarim because it's like a it's like a medical uh, examination tool. You put the egg a thousand times in hot water, and then a thousand times in cold water. It doesn't mean literally a thousand. Meaning you boil it hot and cold, hot and cold, hot and cold, to the point where it it, it, it becomes very small, very hard. It, t- it shrinks to the point that you could swallow it whole, like a pill. And if there's a problem in your stomach, in your digestive tract, when you expel it, when you go to the bathroom, the doctor will know what the ailment is and what the medicinal thing is. Very fast. It's like a colonoscopy pill. That's what they would do. Not the same, but similar. So the Gemara says, Shmuel have a bodignashe bekulcha. You see, Shmuel couldn't afford this type of, so he went like the off-brand and he would take kulcha, which was type of uh, cabbage, where you would eat it, and then it would come out, and apparently it wasn't as uh, accurate, and also it was much more painful. So the Gemara says, um, 
and apparently he, he caused him so much pain that he would like faint and his family members would like rip their hair out over this medical procedure because it was not it was not the termita egg. Okay. Tanat Hasam. Now that we mentioned um, a servant's eating, okay, so we'll mention another halacha and then we'll get to uh, uh, a couple more maizam. Knufsen was a type of fig, but Neshuach was a very, very high-end fig. The halacha is that when a worker is working in the field, he's allowed halachically to sample from the from the what he's what he's making, what he's planting, because that's considered uh, proper to allow him to do that. But he can't go to an adjoining field. Meaning, if he's cooking, if he's planting cucumbers, he doesn't get to go to the pepper. He get to have a cucumber. So too, if he's if he's planting klufsin figs, he can't go to the bnei shuach figs, and vice versa. Now, what are klufsin? Mino de tane. It's a type of fig. Which you make uh, dishes with it. Okay. There was a certain person who sent his servant to his friend. He paid his friend to teach his servant a thousand different ways to prepare these figs, a thousand different dishes. But but he only taught him 800. See, he didn't teach him the full thousand. So, so he was brought in court because he took money for a service, but he didn't fulfill the service. He was went to court. So, Rebbe, Rebbe said, So, Rebbe was so astonished that they could have a thousand different ways to prepare a dish and like the luxury of this that he said that our grandfathers used to say that we don't we don't remember luxury like they used to be. He says it, it turns out they actually didn't know what luxury was because this is a level of gashmias that I've never seen before. Now, okay, we're going to do one more Maisa, maybe two more Maisas. Um, it seems that Bar Kapara, who was a Talmud of Rebbe, was funny. Like, he was funny, and he would make Rebbe laugh. And the problem was, Rebbe didn't like that, because it turns out every time Rebbe laughed, I guess, like, the Hailulus, the Schaik, the Lutzanus, brought into the world, brought, like, bad things. So because of this, Rebbe Avid Lahilula Reb Shimba Rebbe, Rebbe made a wedding for his son, but he did not invite Bar Kapara because he was afraid that Bar Kapara would, would make the wedding a, a different vibe than he was going for. So, Kasaval so Reb Bar Kapara, now I realize, and now you know Bar Kapara is funny, like you realize why he would do this. So, Bar Kapara did graffiti on the wedding hall. It's kind of funny. It's a different type of funny. But Bar Kapara wrote on the wedding hall, he says, It cost, this wedding cost 240, 240 million but there's no, there's no, there's not enough money to invite Bar Kapara. So he wrote, that was the Pash uh, that he put up. The Gemara says, So Bar Kapara said to Rebbe, if this is the type of wealth they give people who are who are uh, rishaim, it was a tongue in cheek. He was saying to his rebbe, he was saying, "I'm a tzaddik, and you didn't invite me, which makes you a rasha." So think about if that's how much money you have if you're a rasha. Think about how much money you would have if you were a tzaddik and invited me. So so Asmane, so rebbe invited Bar Kapara. So then then Bar Kapara said, "Now what a tzaddik you are! I can't imagine you elam haba." Now that you know that Bar Kapara was 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 like a trickster. It was funny. He had a good sense of humor. He talked. It was probably all tongue and cheek. So now the Gemara said, "Huh?" Yeah. Okay. Yeah. The graffiti's right. You got the graffiti down. No, you got the graffiti down. We'll do one more Maisa. Uh, okay, it's funny. Yoimed de Rebbe. Any day the Rebbe would laugh, I see a Pernis it brought Peronius to the world. 
so again, he was the leader of the Jewish people, so I guess him laughing was, was too much. So whatever it was, it was, it was not a good thing. Uh, from a, but So he didn't like that Bar Kapar made him laugh. So Amr le'ilu Bar Kapar, so Rebbe said to Bar Kapar, lo'i tibadin, yovin le'arba grivi chiti. If you don't make me laugh, I'll give you 40, uh, uh, 40 pounds of wheat as a payment. Just don't make me laugh. So Amr le'i, so okay, so Bar Kapar said, lich zimar, I'll, 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 take, I'll take as much as I want. Understood. Go to the next page. So Bar Kapara took a basket. It's a slapstick humor, what he's about to do. He took a basket. He filled it with pitch so that nothing would, know, nothing would go into the cracks. Mamish made himself all ready. He goes to the basket. He turns the basket upside down. And he goes and he says, can you fill it up? According to some opinions, he put it on his head. That's okay, that's, that's an old school. He put it on his head and he said, here, I'm, I'm ready to fill in the, fill in the, for not being, not making you laugh. So, I'm here to collect the amount of money for not making you laugh, which I thought was, which Rebbe thought was funny because he's putting the basket upside down after filling it up to make sure, like he'd spend all the time to make sure the basket can hold every grain and then you put it inverted or on his head. Zachik Rebbe, Rebbe laughed. Samer Lei, Lava Zari Delay Tabach, I told you not to make me laugh. Samer Lei, Chiti Dereshina Kanesim, I'm not making you laugh, I just want the weed. I'll stop here.